Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. I'm going to just, without not taking long on this, but just invite Dwayne to come in just a moment. But before I do, I've not seen Dwayne for many years. And the last time I saw him, I didn't even speak to him. He prophesied over me and my, my wife here in 2007. And we received a word at Grapevine. It's now called the One Event. And that day we were in a real difficult situation. I could say that I walked in that place and my wife did. We were in a barren place ourselves. We were in a desert place. And God spoke through this man directly into my heart. And I've never forgot it to this day. We've never forgot it. You see, when God speaks and he lifts you up, there's something special. And easier tonight to do the same for you, for each one of you. If you don't receive a word tonight, that doesn't matter. You're in the presence of God. I always say this to people, God's always speaking. We love the prophets, but God is always speaking, amen? So without further ado, let's welcome the man of God, Dwayne White. God bless you, my friend. Wow, wow, wow. Come on, give Jesus one more big hand clap. Hallelujah. Wow. What a night already. I almost forgot what country I'm in. I am so excited about this moment in the United Kingdom. My family and I lived here for two years, 2003 and 2004. We came for six months on a prophetic word, and God ended up having us stay for for two years. And I've been coming to England for 18 years in January to deliver a prophetic word for the year. And I almost didn't come this year. I I, I told Phil in, in his office, I said, I just thought maybe... Not my time in England is up because I feel connected to this nation for, for the rest of my life. As long as the Lord will allow me to travel, I plan on being here off and on. But I just thought maybe this January prophetic tour that we do at the beginning of the year, maybe it's run its course. Maybe, you know, it's just time to do other things. The Holy Spirit spoke to me and said to go. And I tell you, this has been the most amazing trip, living here, preaching from one end of this great nation to the other, in in dozens, probably literally hundreds of churches in this country, standing on platforms from 10 to 10,000. But there's been something about the hunger that's in people's hearts right now. We, we were meant to go from Coventry to Wembley and then back to Chesterfield and, and the place on the Sunday in, in, in London that we were meant to go to. There, it's a church of a couple of thousand. Their building flooded and, and they'd had, they just said, we just can't cope with guests at the moment. We're sorting out this building, et cetera. And, and so we, 
I, I thought, where do you go with six days notice, seven days notice? So I called Jared Cooper. thought he's crazy enough to go for it. So we ended up going to Hull. He said, yeah, mate, you got to come. I've been, uh, I, the Lord told me. You'll never believe this. He said, the Lord told me you need to come to Hull. And I didn't know how to make that happen, so come. And so we were headed from Coventry instead of to Wembley. We were going to Hull. And, and Lincoln was kind of on the way. And Stuart and Irene Bell are two of our best friends in the world. And it's on the way-ish. It's not that far out of the way by Texas standards. And so, so God said, or, or excuse me, Stuart and Irene called and were texting and saying, you're, if you're going to Hull, come and let's have a meal on Saturday night. Something jumped in my spirit. I said, let's have a meeting. And he said, Dwayne, it's, there's 36 hours. I don't know. No one will come. What if no one comes? I said, well, we'll have a meeting. We'll all pray together. I said, let's try it. We got on social media. I did a Facebook Live. 3,000 people viewed it. We shared 40 to 50 times. A live church in Lincoln was packed. The, the downstairs was chalker people pouring over into the balcony. And we had a stalking meeting. Then we went to Hull and the same thing. And then Saturday night in Chesterfield, the same thing. And last night in, 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 in Nottingham, the building, they have more people in the building than they've ever had in the history of the church. Every chair in the building was out. People were standing in the back and the worship team had to sit on the floor. Not because I'm here, but because God is doing something in this nation. This is your finest hour. And then we come here tonight and this place is ram-packed to overflowing. And it can't be because I'm here. You don't even know who I am. But we're just honored to be here just ever so quickly. I want to say it's great to have my only begotten son in whom I'm well pleased. Cody with me. Cody, stand up. Everybody give Cody a big hand. And then... I have two daughters. I have a lovely wife named Chris, and I had a bunch of her books, but we sold out of them already, so I'm sorry. I can't sell you any of her books, but they're awesome. Uh, but I have, I have uh, two daughters, one older, one younger than Cody, and, and we have a wonderful family who loves the United Kingdom. And then I brought my dear friend Stephen, and Stephen was on... Staff is a worship pastor of a dear friend of mine named Tony Miller. Some of you may have heard Tony Miller at Grapevine or the one event. And then after that, he went to Greenville, South Carolina and was a worship pastor at a church of 17,000. That's not online. That's bums in seats every Sunday. 5,000 seat auditorium filled it multiple times every weekend. How many of you know if, that's a, if you're a worship leader, that's a pretty good gig? It's a pretty good deal. Another 10,000 members online or 10,000 viewers online plus television all of that and the Lord said walk away from all of that nothing was wrong everything walk away from all of that and carry the presence of God everywhere I send you and so he quit being on staff and began to travel he bought a huge tour bus and him and his wife and kids travel around carrying the presence of God in places that that may not have it or even play or places that do but just carrying something. And he, he, he said, I feel like for years, he's talking about coming to England. And I said, I'm going. Do you want to go? And he said, yes. So he went and got a passport. First time to the UK. And he's absolutely loved it. Can you give him a big hand? 
Thanks, Stephen. Thank you. And I'll have him back in just a minute. But I want to unpack to you very quickly a word from the Lord. Is that all right? I'm not really going to preach to you tonight. I'm just going to deliver what I believe is a prophetic word, not the word of the Lord, a word from the Lord. So if your favorite prophet has another word for 2017, believe them. That's fine with me. But I'm just coming. We know in part we prophesy in part, so I've come to deliver my part. But I do believe it's a word for this season, for this nation. And I feel strongly connected to this nation. Before I go any further, I want to give honor also to Phil and his beautiful, lovely wife. I just, I, I've just met them, literally. And I rarely go places that I don't know people. I'm a very relational person. I do ministry in a relational context. But I just felt like we were meant to be here. And there's some people, the minute you meet them, you feel like you know them. And I did do a little homework, and I checked around and asked some friends, what about this Phil Shaw guy? And they all said, no, run away. No, I'm just kidding. See, that was my attempt at English humor. They actually all said, he is an incredible man. He has done something unbelievable in Cambridge, and the presence of God is so strong in that house, you will have the time of your life, and there will be a group of people that are up for anything God wants to do. And my friends don't lie. They delivered, and this is an amazing place. So can you give honor to these guys, the angels that God set over this house? Thank you, guys. Thank you for having us. It's just absolutely great to be with you. We have, I, I, I lead a church called the Bridge Church. If you want to keep up with us, go to findthebridge.com. Go to beyondtheshores.com. Follow me. I'm Hooper Dwayne on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, on Facebook, I, you can follow me. I can't be your friend because I have 5,000 friends and Facebook cut me off. Um, they, they, won't let, they say I can't have any more friends, but I can't have people that follow me on Facebook. And I just believe that, that I just love to stay in contact with with you, uh, but we, we lead a church called the Bridge Church, we lead a network of churches called O2, uh, and then we, we also have a missions organization called Beyond These Shores, and I've traveled in the last 30 years, I've been to 60 different nations, and face-to-face trained over 100,000 pastors and leaders, not including internet and podcasts and uh, television and all of those things, but face-to-face, 100,000 leaders. So thank you for your investment tonight. I'm just getting all the preliminaries out of the way because we don't know where this is going to go in just a minute, and, and I, won't, I may not be able to get it back here in a few minutes. So, so I just want to tell you thank you for your investment. We, we've been going to the underground church. Actually, one, the, the leader of the Assemblies of God in Vietnam is one of my best friends, and we have come and done family camps for the conferences for them never been done in the history of vietnam for the last five years and it's transformed i'll tell you about it dinner tonight it's transformed the underground church in vietnam and went to where now their average age of their leaders 80 percent of them are under 30 when i started going their average age was about 60 and they were losing a generation so thank you for investing 
in the nations. We're going back to Vietnam this year. We'll be in, we've got a team in Nicaragua, uh, in Guatemala next week. We've got a team in Nicaragua in, in March. We've got teams in Kenya, in South Africa, in Namibia. Uh, I'll be going and training leaders all over the world. And your investment tonight helped us do that. So everywhere on social media you see me go, if you sowed in that offering, you're going with me. And you don't even have to buy a plane ticket. Isn't that awesome? So thank you. Give yourselves a big hand. That's great. Thanks. So, so here's what I want to share with you tonight. Psalms 84. We'll make this legal. All the church people know what I mean by that. Psalms 84 verse 4 said, Blessed are those who dwell in your house, and they will still be praising you. So there's a blessing with dwelling in the house. Let me try that again. There's a blessing dwelling in the house. There's a blessing dwelling in the house you don't get outside the house. There's too many outhouse Christians. They're outside that. They're dwelling outside the house. But there's a blessing when you dwell in the house. So if King's Church is your house, there's a blessing by dwelling in the house. If you have another local church, I, I believe I know this man's heart already. He would say, then there's a blessing in dwelling in that house. But then watch what he says next. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you. More literally, that should be translated, whose strength to him is in him. So if you want strength from God, you realize if you're a born-again Christian, because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, your strength doesn't come externally. It comes internally. So the strength to you is in you. And whose heart is set on pilgrimage or the journey. Now, wait a minute. That text is confusing. Blessed is he who dwells in the house. Blessed is he whose heart is set on the journey. How can you be blessed by dwelling and blessed by leaving? doesn't make sense unless you understand that the house of God doesn't stay still. The house is always moving. So the house of God is on a journey. The house of God is a family, a community, and we're going somewhere. I heard about five minutes of his journey, and I was getting all excited. I like to say it this way. It made my baby leap. Huh? When Elizabeth heard about Mary, it made her baby leap. You need to get around people to make your baby leap. And, 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 and when you're in the house, you understand you dwell in the house, but the house isn't bricks and mortar. The house isn't a building. The house is a people. It's a family that's on a journey. So blessed is it when you dwell in relationship with God's people in community and family, and you're committed to a journey. And it says, they shall all appear, a few verses later, they shall all appear before God in Zion. Where is Zion? The city of God. We could say heaven, but I believe there is a Zion for each one of us in our lifetime. There are destinations that God is taking us to. Isaiah chapter 2, verse 2. I'm just laying a foundation quickly. It says, now it shall come to pass in the latter days 
that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established upon top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. That's very interesting to me. How do nations flow up? How does a river flow up? Rivers flow down, but the river of God flows up. Why? Because the journey in God is always higher. It's always upward. And then in verse 3, it says, Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion, the church, shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So we are on a journey. We're on a journey to Zion. We're on a journey together and there's a blessing to go up higher. There's a blessing of moving upward and onward. And the call of God is calling us up. Everybody say up. If you can put that photo of a, of a, of a mountain back up that you had in the beginning. If you could just go back to that. Thank you. If I'm going to, I'm not a mountain climber, but if I'm going to climb that mountain, you can't go straight up it. You're going to have to go around or at least zigzag. But most of the time, I believe our journey is around. And we start and we go around and we feel like we're going in circles. Have you ever felt like you were going in circles? And you journey around one side of the mountain and the sky is blue and the sun shines in England. That's about 30 minutes a year. And then you go back around to the other side of the mountain and it's dark and it's cold. And you feel like you're going in circles. But what you don't realize is as you journey, you keep going higher. And every time you go around, you, you, you're not really going back to the same place, but you're going up higher. And you're ascending up the hill of the Lord. And because your progress or progress is gradual, you begin to feel as though, if you're not careful, that you're not going anywhere. But I've come to tell you tonight that God has brought you farther than you realize. And you are more up the mountain than you know. Somebody say, we're going up. And I just sense prophetically that there are people that have been through some things. You've, you feel like you've just been going round and round the mountain. But God sent me to interrupt your life tonight for about a couple of minutes. And tell you that you have been going higher than you realize. You're farther than you think. So keep going. You stepped out. You stepped in. And now it's time to step up. But what happens... When you get to the top. What happens when you reach the summit? See, we think when we reach the summit, that's, there's nowhere else to go. That's as high as it is. That's as far as there is. But when you get to the summit, it's time to go over the top. Somebody say over the top. And very simply... That's my prophetic word for you for 2017 is it's time to go over the top. Now, I know I'm in England and you don't like that phrase. I know it so much that when God told it to me, I said, God, Brits don't like going over the top. 
I said, they don't like OTT. I could hear in my head your, your, your accent that I cannot mimic because it comes out Australian. But I could hear you thinking and saying, that's a bit OTT, don't you think? Some of you have been told you were over the top and it was not a compliment. Stop being so OTT. So my wife did a little bit of research on, on over the top. We're American. We're Texan. We love it. And I found out the origins of it go back to World War I. That when the British troops were in the trenches, Pastor Phil, the general or the commander that was in the trenches with them, at a moment in battle, he would look and say, let's go over the top. And the courage it took to come out of that foxhole and go over the top knowing you could die. Knowing you could lose your life. Knowing it could all be over. Knowing it could end in a moment. Took great courage. Actually, if you read, there were soldiers that sweat blood, were sweating blood like Jesus in Gethsemane for the fear of what would face them if they went over the top, got out of the foxhole, got out of their safety, got out of the bunker. So over time, it became known Instead of a battle term, it became known as being a bit extreme, a bit careless, a bit outrageous, a little extravagant. And so in English culture and British culture, we didn't want to go over the top. We don't, we don't, we don't, you could die if you go over the top. You could, if you, if, you, if you go over the top, who knows, what, you'll, you'll lose your reputation. And so we got afraid. In the 80s, it was shortened to OTT. In America, I, I, I try to be bilingual. I speak Texan and English. But when I'm in America, I'll, I, I'll talk about OTT and they'll say, what's OTT? Or they don't say it like that. They say, what's OTT? Over the top. Simple. They don't get it though. We're slow, but we're worth waiting on. And I just sense that General Jesus is saying it's time to get out of your safety zone. It's time to get out of the bunker. It's time to get out of what's comfortable, what's reasonable, what's normal, what's acceptable, and go over the top. You say, what if I die? Well, Galatians 2.20 says, I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So if I'm already dead, you can't kill me. So I'm going to go over the top. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you think about me. I died with him. You can't kill a dead man. I don't have a reputation. Somebody say, I'm going over the top. Over the top. 
Shikarabasata. If you switch analogies from a mountain to a gear shift, you go from zero and you get into first gear, you can go about 10, 15 miles an hour and you got a shift. Everybody say shift. Then you go from first to second and you got a, and you go as far as you can go in second gear. The RPMs are revved up and you can push and push and push, but that engine ain't going to go no faster. That car's not going to go no faster. So you got to, come on, say it, to third. And then it's going to get to a point where you can't go any faster. And then you got to, to fourth. And then eventually, either a five-speed or a six-speed, but there comes a time, or however many speeds you got, but there comes a time where you reach overdrive. And at that shift, there's no limit. At that shift, you can take that vehicle to maximum performance. My God. And I just sense, Phil, you've been shifting and shifting and shifting and shifting, but you're about to shift into overdrive and get maximum performance out of this house. Somebody say shift. Shift happens. Shift happens. Whether you like it or not, shift is going to happen. But I want to shift up higher. I want to shift to another level. I think it's time to go over the top. I think it's time for over the top praise. I, I, I know this place is up for it because my son during praise work, he, you know, he lived in England. He's been in England many times. We, he turned around and he said, are we in England? Because you're just going for it. From the first note, you were going for it. You got here early. Brits love to be on time to everything but church. But you came early. You were ready. You understand, I've earned the right to take the mick out of England because I, I, I've given my life. I love England. This is my attempt at British humor. Come on now. You don't know me well enough, but I promise I, 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 I love England. I believe it's time for some over, not a Pentecostal patty cake. Golf clap for Jesus. We bring the sacrifice of praise. That's not over the top. That's under the bottom. But David, when the presence of God came back to the city of God, David got his praise on, and he began to dance and shout and clap and jump. And Michael said, that's a little bit OTT. And he said, be quiet, woman. I'll get more undignified than this. I'll get more over the top than this. I think somebody ought to take 10 seconds and give God some praise. Somebody ought to just shout. Somebody ought to clap. Somebody ought to just praise him over the top. You don't need a keyboard. You don't need a drummer. You just need a voice. All right, you can, you can, you can, you can sit down. You can sit down. You can sit down. Going over the top. 
Something over the top. How about over the top serving? And the pastor said, Amen. See, over the top is different for different people. Because everybody's on a different leg of the journey. So for some people, going over the top would be joining a rota once. For some people, going over the top would be, be, be getting on the rota every month. Some people, it would be every week. <sighs> or serving in two ministries. God help us. Somebody say, I'm going over the top. See, when you go over the top, your ceiling becomes your floor. I'm going to rewind that. I said when you go over the top, your ceiling becomes your floor. So what used to be excellence becomes mediocrity. What used to be difficult becomes ordinary. What used to be extraordinary becomes simple. Come on, are you here? And you go from level to level. Hmm? I believe that what used to be the ceiling of attendance in this house will be the floor. What used to be the most people serving will be the least people serving, the minimum. How about going over the top in our finances? Thank you. One person, praise the Lord. I hear that voice. Let me try that again. How about going over the top in our finances? That's bad. Some of you say, oh, no, no, no. Here goes the American. He's going to talk about money. In England, we don't talk about money. It's very personal and private. Don't do it. There's some things that are English culture. Some things are African culture, some things are Indian culture, some things are American culture, some things are South American culture, some things are Latino culture, but then there's a kingdom culture. And every other culture has to bow to the knee of a kingdom culture. <laughs> and the Bible, God has 2,000 scriptures about stewardship and money. 500 on faith, 500 on love, approximately. So God talks four times more about money and stewardship than faith and love. Why? Because it's the most important? No, it's the least. If we get it wrong, we're never going to get anything else right. So that's why he talks about it. But I believe 
study church history. Well, don't, not just church history. Study revival history. There's never been a major move of God that wasn't accompanied with supernatural generosity. Somebody say we're going over the top. Just before Stephen came with me, his best friend in the world pastors the third largest or third fastest growing church in America. It's two and a half years old. They're obviously mobile. They're two and a half years old. Looking to buy a building. God told the pastor to receive an offering on Christmas Eve. That's dumb. (laughs) Naturally speaking, you don't receive big building offerings On Christmas Eve, nobody has any money. They've spent it all on Christmas. The retreat he was at, they had about 50 leaders, and all but four or five of them were under 31 years old. So this is a young church filled with millennials. Lots of millennials don't have money yet. They're not at the end of their career. They're at the beginning. Come on, are you here? They're working their way up the ladder. Christmas Eve, two and a half years old, 1.2 million cash. Not pledges, not faith promises, cash money. Somebody say, that's over the top. You say, well, that's America. All right. It's just, I was in two different churches this week. In the last six days. This is, my, this is our 13th service in six days in eight cities since we've been in England. I don't, I don't even know what day it is. <laughs> I threw Stephen in the deep end. His first trip, I, somebody said, how you like England? He doesn't know. He ain't seen it. <laughs> All he sees is inside of a church, meeting after meeting after meeting. His poor little fingers are rubbed raw from the keyboard. One church, two years, one million cat, one million dollars came in to help pay off their building from a church of under three hundred. A million pounds. Another church, eight million pound building, five million of it from the church in cash. Two million, two point four million dollar or pound loan. Five million cash, not one gift over a hundred grand. Other and and there was one hundred grand. Everything else was ten grand or less. That's a lot of that's a lot of people participating. What is that over the top? Come on, are you here? You say, well, it's still first world. Okay, keep going with me. The offering's already been received. Breathe, everybody. I'm not trying to get money out of you. I'm trying to take you over the top. Somebody goes, is there another offering? No, there's no other offering. (laughs) Not a trick. I'm just building your faith for where God's taking you. In Fiji, average wage $200, 175 pounds a month. They were building a building. They received an offering for the building on Friday afternoon. 
Took them four hours to bring it in. Four hours. One million cash. U.S. equivalent. One million dollars. Eight, what is that? 800,000 pounds. In Fijian money. From, no, no American wrote a check. No Brit wrote a check. Come on, are you here? I've seen it all over the world. But I believe we're moving in a season to go over the top. Somebody say we're going over the top. What used to be a big deal is going to be average. I believe there's supernatural giving coming to this house. My wife and I went on our 25th wedding anniversary around the Mediterranean on a cruise. We stopped in Florence and she had read about Michelangelo's piazza. She wanted to see it. They said it's the most breathtaking view in all of Italy, certainly in Florence. So we walked two miles to get there and then we got to the bottom of these steps that go up and as far as you could see were steps. And we began to climb. And when we got to what I thought was the top, it turned and there were that many more steps again. Seemed like a million. I lost my will to live. But when I finally got to the top, Phil, I walked over to the edge and it took my breath away. The view was indescribable. I was so tired. The first thing before I even went to the view is I went and bought a bottle of water. Bottle of water. And I sat down and I was amazed. Because the possibilities were limitless. See, I thought going up the mountain or going up that climb was all about the climb. But it wasn't about the climb. It was about the horizon. It was to get me higher where I could see things I would never see at the bottom. And when you get over the top, there's no limits. There's no boundaries. And you can begin to see increase everywhere you go. You don't see the limitation of the mountain. You see the possibilities of the horizon. As I began to walk back down, we got about two-thirds of the way down. And I saw a family, American family, coming up the, the steps. And the dad, it was a dad and his wife and, and, and four teenagers. And, and he was saying, I ain't going up these steps. And they heard our, our accent. And we heard theirs. And, and he said, is it very far? And I lied. I said, no, it's not far at all. Lied. I had to repent for lying. But then he said, is it worth the climb? And then I didn't lie. I said, it's absolutely worth the climb. And he said, thank you, because I never would have gone. I was going back down. And I said, don't quit. You're going to think you want to quit. <laughs> Don't quit. And I ran down the, the steps really quickly. <laughs> Maybe God sent us from Texas and South Carolina tonight to say, keep going a little higher. 
because you're almost over the top. And it's worth it. The promise is worth the pain. And maybe he sent a crazy Texan to tell you to go a little further and don't quit. Because your promise is just over the horizon. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church, or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.